You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 34 of Aging Starts Now. I'm your host, Tim Takis. Today, we're fortunate to be joined by a family who is willing to share their personal experience with COVID-19. Joining us is Darlene Rawls, her husband, Mike Rawls, and their daughter, Shannon Rawls. Thank you all for being here and being willing to share your story. So let's first uh, set the stage. Um, Darlene, your mother is... um, Living in an assisted living facility, is that correct? No, Tim. She's actually living in our home since. Oh, awesome! Uh, okay, she and, had been in your. She had been in assisted living facility. She had been until Daddy passed away, and then she moved in with us. The end of March. End of March, and you know, and just sort of as I understand, um, your father Jim, he uh, he died on March 23, twenty twenty, just right around the time when all of this got started. Yes, that's correct. All right, and at the t- at the time, where was uh, where were Jim and Carlene living? Um, Dad was. Um, oh, you'll have to help me, Tim. Was that in um, Hickory Hills? Yes, thank you. And Mom was at Park Place. Okay, you know, and then for those for all of our listeners who aren't nearly know for sure where those facilities are located, Hickory Hills is a uh, memory care facility here in Hendersonville, Tennessee. You know, and Park Place is a independent living, assisted living facility, also here in Hendersonville. And um, when did you, when did you and your husband Mike, uh, who is also here with you, uh, when were you diagnosed with COVID nineteen? It was actually on his birthday and yeah. Father's Day, uh, June twenty first. June twenty one. Yes, he probably had had it a week prior to that, from the best that we can tell, thinking it was a sinus infection. Um, but that's actually the day he was diagnosed and the day he was admitted to the hospital. So, and symptoms that Mike was um, experiencing? Well, I had a low-grade fever, uh, coughing, uh that's why I thought I had uh, sinus and uh, drainage. A um, few aches and pains. Uh, really didn't think uh, I had COVID, but I did, and just uh, wasn't sure exactly what to do about it. And I think uh, it's um, important that we also kind of touch on this a little bit. He did go to a local care clinic and. They actually did not test him for COVID considering um, how rampant this thing had taken off in our country. Um, They diagnosed him with a bacterial sinus infection and sent him 
with prescriptions and sent him home without even doing a COVID test. So when my nephew, who also was working with him at the time and writing with him on a daily basis, got sick with similar symptoms, that's kind of when our red flag went up. Um, so when Blake actually went to the doctor, they did run a COVID test on him at the same clinic, mind you, and he did test positive. So once we knew that, we knew that we were dealing with COVID versus a sinus infection. Right. And at that point, he had already started getting worse. Mm -hmm. He was a week into this, from what we could tell, and um, his breathing was shallow. It took a quick turn. It took a very, very quick turn. turn. Uh, Mm -hmm. It put all the missing puzzle pieces together for us. Yes. Mm-hmm. So about a week after the diagnosis is when it really started getting bad. Is that what I'm hearing? No, you know, remember he had had it a week before he was truly diagnosed. Gotcha. Because okay. when he went to the doctor, he wasn't diagnosed with COVID. Yeah, I think they're very accurate with that seven to ten day peak point that they have talked so much about. Uh-huh. I really think that that is when I saw both of them, both mom and dad, um, really take a a very um, different turn even though um with mom so much she was not experiencing obviously the severe symptoms that dad was but her symptoms were definitely um taking a different turn i I saw it and i i was extremely worried probably Mm -hmm. about seven to ten days Mm -hmm. into this so Mm -hmm. So was Carlene, your mom, darling, was was your mom at home at that time? She was, and that was my fear. Uh, Mike at that point had been admitted to the hospital. I was home, very sick, uh, some nights wondering if I would even wake up in the the next morning. Hmm. Um, and, And so afraid to leave to go to the doctor. I felt like I needed to. But everybody was afraid of our house. You know, of course they were. And I just was afraid she would end up getting it and no one would know it. And, and it was it petrified me. So I just, you know, rode, rode the storm out. And thank the Lord, mom did not get COVID. It is a miracle. And luckily the way their house setup is, mm-hmm. we were able to keep her pretty separated from mom. Um other than her coming over and getting food and stuff, she did have access obviously to her own kitchen and her own bathroom. So I honestly think that is really what, what saved her. And, you know, as we've seen with this, some people just, you know, don't get it. So, um, uh, we were just very lucky. I think God had a huge hand in keeping her safe because you know, as you can tell, you know, this um, older age range, you know, um, like with, with dad being so healthy, too, we saw just how it affected him. So we were really scared, like if if Nana did get it, you know, that she would not be able to survive that because he was in for the fight of his life at this point in, in our journey. So, yeah. So let's talk a little bit of just about the ages, um, if you don't mind. Darlene, how old are you? I am 60. 60. And Mike, how old are you? 29. 29. Okay. <laughs> 72. 72. 
Yes, sir. Right. And then Shannon? Um, I am 39. I just 39. had a birthday. So I've got to stress that. I'm holding on to my 30s as long gotcha. as possible. Okay. So are you, so Shannon, are you living with uh, Mike and Darlene or are you elsewhere? No, I have, I have my own house. I actually live, um, right here in Gallatin. Okay. And I have three. I just actually, I was pregnant through all of this too. Um, I just had um, my third baby girl. Um, she's actually two months today. So I've got all three right. girls. One's 20. She's at Western. One's 10. She's at Jack Anderson. And then Ella Capri is two months and growing daily. So right. a lot to be thankful for. I own a boutique here in town as well. So that's kind of my story. I've been working on that for the last 10 years, trying to get that business up and running. So, so how did the, um, uh, obviously you were, since you were social distance or physical distancing, I'll say Shannon, you know, from your, your from your parents, you know, and yes. your grand and your grandmother. Yes. So when I found out that dad had tested positive for COVID, my doctor, um, suggested I immediately being, uh, I think I was around, six or six months, seven months pregnant at the time. She wanted me to get a rapid test. So I went and got that done. And once, you know, I got the results, obviously I was negative and, um, you know, I knew that I could not physically be around mom and Nana, um, just really, I mean, uh, I don't want it to sound that I'm cut, but just to really to keep the baby safe and myself safe. And that was honestly the hardest part of all of this for me is not to be able to be there and help her take care of Nana and having to drop food off on their porch to make sure that they were, you know, eating and taking care of themselves. And I'm kind of a I try to keep a pretty close, tight leash on these two right here. Okay. So I was just, you know, even though mom, I really will say that was one of her major sets. She had absolutely no appetite, but I had heard, you know, I have a very close friend whose father actually passed away from this, um, this year. Um, and he was a police officer here in town that had retired a few years ago. And, um, his wife, uh, Teresa, actually had told me that that was probably the most important part was to make sure that she was staying hydrated and that she was eating, you know, and getting that nutrition. So I was really on that part. And, you know, I was glad I was at least able to be able to, to provide that for them, considering, you know, they, Nana, you know, couldn't leave and, you know, mom was pretty sick at, at this point. So, so, so it, what was happening then in June and July, uh, Mike was in the hospital. Darlene was downstairs or upstairs or, or Carlene was upstairs or downstairs, but basically they were, you know, it was kind of like an assisted living here where nobody was getting in and out and you were dropping off food in the, you know, right. and doing porch visits or, or looking out of the window. And is that kind of how the, how it felt to you? Yes, it was extremely difficult. Um, I still get really emotional talking about that because um, I think that is the hardest part. You know, 
with people that have been on this journey with COVID is you feel so isolated on both sides, the patient and the family, because you can't be together. And even though when you're, you know, and I think it's too, it's like when you're dealing with the flu, you know, obviously um, you do try to stay your distance if your loved one has the flu and stuff. But for some reason with this, it just felt so um, isolating and and for not to be able to see dad and, you know, him being in the hospital at this point. And I will tell you the first two weeks that he was in the hospital was an absolute nightmare. Um, the communication, you know, was just so sparse and um, it was just, it was really difficult because mom was sick you know, we were getting only maybe one update a day on dad at this point, uh, sometimes maybe two, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And that level of stress, um, I really can't explain unless you've been through it because you can't get in to see them. And, um, you know, even if we wanted to get in, you know, you're, it's not allowed and um, it's not safe for the nurses and doctors either. You know, you've got to look yeah. at it from both points. You know, you yeah. really have to be respectful of that and know how hard all those people are working to to save your dad's life. So, you know, I was pretty patient as far as that standpoint. I knew, you know, there's honestly really nothing you can really do about it. And it was what it was. And I will say prayer is the only thing that really got me through those first few weeks. There were a lot of tears and, you know, just not being able to hug and hold my mom, you know, not knowing if that next phone call we were going to get was going to be, you know, the last one. Yeah. Yeah. So Darlene, you know, here, here you are, you're in the house with your mom and you have a husband who's in the hospital and you couldn't see your daughter and you really couldn't see your mom. So how was this, uh, how did you cope with this? Um, it was tough. It was probably the biggest battle I've ever fought in my life. Um, at that point, I really wasn't thinking about myself, I guess. Um, I know I was very sick, but I just, you know, would clung to the phone waiting to hear about Mike or um, what was going on because you just have no idea. And at that time, you know, all the pictures on TV showing the people that were in the critical care units of these hospitals, it was awful. Mm -hmm. I've learned very quickly not to watch the TV. It was just too scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was tough. It was, it was the hard, really the hardest journey I've ever been on in my life. Mm-hmm. So here, here we are, we're three, what, I guess two and a half months later, uh, and yours, you know, and Mike is home from the hospital. Uh, Shannon, you've had your baby, you know, Darlene, you're up and about and it sounds like you're doing fine. And how's, how's mom doing? Mom's doing great. Uh, and any, 
any lingering effects that uh, either of you, Mike, you or you or Darlene, feel like you have uh, with this experience? I mean, certainly physically. Uh, physically, uh, I'm in pretty good shape. I think it's due to working so hard all my life mm -hmm. <laughs> that uh, I did uh, very well in uh, therapy, physical therapy. I come back and they allowed me to come home, but they did want me to go to in-house uh, therapy at uh, the end of my therapy sessions at the hospital. But uh, convinced them it, if I could go home, that's what I wanted to do. And they uh, said the only way you can go home is if you had oxygen at the house. So Darlene was able to get that uh, arranged. And uh, that morning that I was supposed to be discharged, the oxygen came to the house and uh, I was able to go home. And I'm still uh, got a... Uh, battery packed uh, oxygen thing that I do take with me out and about and I am getting out uh, eating at some restaurants and uh, walking and exercising uh, like uh, the therapist have asked me to do and the doctor as well but my strength's coming back but uh, it was a time that I just uh, couldn't even get out of bed without assistance from mm -hmm. uh, the nurses at the hospital it just weakened my system so and uh, but other than that i'm doing great and just um for anybody that thinks you know this is not something to be scared of uh that's the wrong thing to think of because I, at one point i thought i was a goner and uh, just prayers and uh, medical staff and experimental drugs coming in from vanderbilt hospital uh pulled me through that and i'm just thankful to be here today all right so any um any takeaways i mean what would you if obviously we're going to have people that are listening to this podcast um, who haven't had your experience um any any takeaways or any any thoughts or uh suggest recommendations that you can give to them uh yes if you're not feeling well uh, get a test. Uh, it's inexpensive, or in most cases, uh, people uh, like my age uh, get it free. And uh, if you know you feel any symptoms at all, uh, the way that they've been described in uh, um, from the doctors and everything you hear on TV, get uh, get it tested because you can surely, as you saw in the president's. Uh, recovery or uh, right at this point we're not real sure you know how uh, it was for him but uh, it was a short term there and uh, you can if you had the right medical and the right medicines uh, avert a uh, six week stay in the hospital so Darlene Shannon what would you what takeaways do you would you give for other people I'd say follow the rules, um, wear the mask where you, where you need to, um, social distance yourself. Um, we thought we were doing all those things mm -hmm. and it happened. I don't think that we were careful enough. Uh, and it just, 
you know, makes you realize that you need to do all these things. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt anybody, but it may help you from getting this horrible virus. And love your family. You never know. Just love each other. Take care of each other. We're very lucky. Our family is very close. And it is a journey I could not have taken without Shannon and all of her uplifting comments and picking me up when I was at my lowest point and uh, uh, helping me to deal with Mike's situation and the aftercare that Mike has had. I can't thank Dr. Tom Miller enough. He has taken this journey from a hospital to now. And I believe with all my heart, Mike is better because of that journey with a doctor who, who cared about Mike and, and that want to see him to get better and, and to, and to help the family too. He's been as uplifting for me as he has been for Mike. And that's so important. Once you leave that hospital, it doesn't end. The journey is not over. Even though we went through four weeks in critical care, two weeks in inpatient therapy, because Mike had to learn how to walk all over again, the journey is not over the day he got walked out or came out of that hospital in a wheelchair. Our journey at home just began there uh it it is a you know we've been going through this for months now and we're still dealing with the effects of covid so just take precautions and 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 do what they're telling us to do okay well that's it for today's episode and i'd like to thank the entire rawls family for speaking with us today on the podcast thank you so much for having us thank you for listening And join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com? document downloads, the Tagus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there, free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.